experts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Remember the good old days when the market just climbed steadily higher? The good old days being 2017. That's when moves of 1% in a given day were a rarity. And we didn't even have a single day where the market moved more than 2%. It was almost boring, wasn't it? Well, so much for the boring market. Over the last four weeks, the market is down about 10%, with the NASDAQ and small caps down even more. Heck, the market was down 4% just last week. The big question is, is this the beginning of a bear market? I don't think so. Volatility is supposed to reawaken in the later stages of a bull market, and I'm not really deterred by a lousy October. But if I had to guess, I still think we have a year to go before all this slows down. Believe me, I'm cautious, but when I look back at all the bull markets over the last 50 years and how they played out, it tells me that we still have a little more in the tank. This bull market started back in March of 2009, and it's the ninth bull market over the last 52 years. And during that time, we've only spent 20% of it in what you would call a bear market. But what I've learned in looking back at all these bull markets is that most of the returns come at the beginning and at the end of their run. Bull markets remind me of the local 5K race. You know, at the beginning, everyone's amped up, they're ready to go. And when the gun goes off, well, everyone heads off at a pretty quick pace. And then they realize, oh, we still have a few miles to go here. How about we just settle down a little bit? And then they settle into their pace. When they see the finish line, that's when they give it everything and they start sprinting. I don't know what's going to happen, but if history is a guide, the end of a good run finishes with a sprint, and we haven't seen that yet. Welcome to this edition of Common Sense Investing. So glad you could join me today. I'm Eric Whiteman, partner here at the XML Financial Group. If you want to learn a little bit more about us, well, visit our website. It's xmlfg.com. Once again, it's xmlfg.com. Over the course of the race, a lot of things can go awry. So what could go wrong with this market? I don't think there's a shortage of things to worry about. Let's see. We have the tariff battle with China, which probably won't go away anytime soon. You are starting to hear more and more companies on their quarterly calls talk about it and how it's been a burden on their earnings and pressuring their margins. You have a strong dollar which is also being blamed for lower earnings forecasts, rising interest rates, the uncertainty of the upcoming midterm elections. There's a whole bunch of things to worry about. But looking through all the headlines, I still see the economy as being healthy and having legs. So to answer my own question, is this the start of a bear market? I don't think so. I don't see a near-term catalyst that would cut off the expansion, the credit cycle, or the bull market. Significant stock market downturns typically require 
outright contractions in corporate earnings. Contractions, not decelerating earnings growth, but contractions. Decelerating earnings have historically been fine for stocks. Contractions, well, they rarely happen outside of recessions, and I don't see a recession happening in the next 12 months. I could be wrong, but I just don't see it. Nonetheless, you don't want to go all in based off of some macro big picture guess of what's going on or what's going to happen. Over the last two or three weeks, I've looked under the hood of the market and I didn't like what I saw. My car, my car just hit 100,000 miles and I've been ignoring the little service light for a few weeks now and I finally took it in and my mechanic looks at me and tells me, it's kind of like the market. It's pretty on the outside, not so good on the inside, but that's for another time. Suffice it to say, the technicals look like my front differential. They need some work. So what do we do? Well, we do what we always do. We look for fundamental values. And there's some to be had now. If you're a long-term listener, you shouldn't be, or <laughs> long-term listener, if you're a long-term investor, you shouldn't be scared off by market turbulence. It's a normal occurrence and it gives you opportunity. Have you heard the old saying, you can have good news or cheap stocks, but you can't have both? If you see something that you think is of value and it's going to benefit you over the long term, why wouldn't you buy it now? I did a show just a couple of weeks ago that gave you five stocks that were on the top of my list if I could buy them at the right price. Last Friday, I was able to buy one. Actually, I was able to buy a couple of stocks last week. One that was on the list and a new one that I'll talk about in just a couple of minutes. But the one that was on the list was Berkshire Hathaway. We buy the B shares. So it's BRKB. Once again, it's BRKB. And I know, I, I know, I talk about it all the time, but I haven't really been able to buy it lately because it's been more than what I wanted to pay. Berkshire is changing or was changing hands at about 225. And on Friday, it dropped below 200. That's right about 1.3 times book value, or my guess of what book value is. That's my price. That's the price I'm willing to pay, 1.3 times book value. By the way, Berkshire went from 225 down to 200. That's down 11.11%. I looked a couple of days ago, and according to Value Line, the arithmetic and the geometric indexes, the average and median stock is down roughly 13% from the recent peak. And according to S&P, that's standard and poor's, small caps are down about 16% from their recent top. Remember, I'm avoiding the small caps. Anyhow, paying 1.3 times book value for Berkshire, I think is a good long-term move. That's the price that Warren Buffett is willing to pay for his own company, so that's good enough for me. This is bargain hunting season. Bargain hunting season. Does this mean that I'm saying that the market bottom is in? Oh, heck no. No, I, I have no idea. My guess is we can probably go even lower, but I can't time the market, and I'm not even going to try. I just think I'm buying a dollar for 70 cents, and if the market is selling dollars for 60 cents tomorrow... Well, I'm not going to be terribly upset because how would I know that? How would I know that they're going to discount it even more tomorrow? All I know 
is I bought a dollar for 70 cents and a dollar is worth a dollar. We need to step away and take a break. When we come back, I'll let you know about one of our newest additions to our portfolio. This is Eric Whiteman and we are back in a flash. You've worked hard, you've saved and invested. Now you want to make sure all your hard work pays off. Now's the time to start planning for that future. Hi, this is Eric Whiteman of the XML Financial Group. No two people have the same goals and values. We can help you craft a framework for making a lifetime of smart financial decisions that's right for you. Now's the time to get the advice you deserve. Call us at 301-770-5234. I said we'd be back in a flash, and here we are. Welcome back to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman, partner here at the XML Financial Group. Let's jump right back into the pan. Let's talk about Cisco, symbol CSCO. Cisco, it's a pretty good company. Not great, but it's solid. It's one of those steady type companies that in the process of building a reliable stream of reoccurring revenue. Cisco is trading about $44, 44.5. If it came back a couple of dollars more, I'd probably buy some. So I'm going to add this to my list. For many years, coming out of the financial crisis, this stock traded really, really cheap. I'm talking 9, 10, maybe 11 times earnings. And now it's just inexpensive. It's not really, really cheap. It's just very inexpensive. It's trading for less than what the market is trading for. So investors are valuing it as a below average type of company. And I don't think they are. I guess they'll earn about $3 next year. And with the stock trading at 44, well, you're paying roughly 14 to 15 times earnings. And for that 14 multiple, you get a company that's grown at about 9% a year for the last 10 years. That's okay. But then you also get a 3% dividend, which has been growing rapidly. I'd guess that they grow at a high single digit pace. And when you throw in that dividend, well, you end up getting a nice total return. And there's more. I feel just like Bob Barker on the Wheel of Fortune. And there's more. You get a business that generates more free cash flow than reported earnings. I love cash. Who doesn't? And they're using that cash in a very shareholder-friendly way. They're paying a 3% dividend that's been growing, like I mentioned. They've been reducing some debt, and they've been buying back shares. Looking at the balance sheet, we'll find that they have over $10 a share in cash. And if they paid off all their debt, well, they'd still have about $6 in cash on their books. Think about that for a second. You buy a company for $44, and you know they have $6 in cash. So subtract that $6 from the share price. You're paying $38 for a business, for an operating business that generates $3 in earnings. Or basically, you're paying 12 times operating earnings net of debt, or as I say, inexpensively. They get all high marks for safety, predictability, and financial strength. As you know, 
I'm cheap. And I'm going to be happier if I can buy it below 42. That's Cisco below 42, symbol CSCO. Do your own research. Don't take my word for it. No, 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 no. Do your own research. I told you that we bought some Berkshire last week. And I've also decided to add Caterpillar, symbol C-A-T. Now, this isn't a long-term core type holding. It's much too cyclical in nature for that. But I do think there is some opportunity here. At the beginning of the month, it was at $159, almost $160 a share. And today, it's sitting around $115. So it's down about, what's that, 25 30%? Investors are clearly concerned about a prolonged trade war and the input cost increase, namely the price of steel. That's what they use to make all this heavy equipment. Steel has gone up by about 30%. I'm worried about that, but I think it's more than, more than discounted in the share price. This is about as cheap as this stock has been in 15 years. And business ain't that bad. And I say it ain't that bad because they just reported earnings and they were pretty darn good overall. Sales were up 18% year over year. They came in at $13.5 billion, beating estimates by about $500 million. This was across all three segments of their business. That's the construction, resources, and the energy and transportation segments. Just Just to give you a brief overview of the company, they are the world's largest manufacturer of construction and earth-moving machinery, and it gets distributed through the industry's strongest global network of independent servicing dealers. And they also have a relatively higher margin replacement business that contributes about 20 to 25% of sales and earnings. Roughly half of their sales are here in the U.S. Actually, it's about 45%, and the rest is overseas. So, this top-line advance overcame a rise in manufacturing costs, which reflected higher freight and material expenses, basically due to the increase in steel prices and tariffs. But to put it all together, CAT reported a 47% share net gain over the period last year, a 47% gain over last year. Earnings were $2.86, which beat estimates handily. Moreover, this was the best third quarter profit performance in the company's history, and they've been around for a while. Most of their end markets are continuing to gain strength. Orders and backlog remain healthy. The bad news is that price of steel. As I said, the price of steel has gone up 30%. And to offset this cost increase, they've relied on price increases, which long-term is probably unsustainable, especially since some of the industries that they serve have probably reached their peaks. This is definitely an economically sensitive business, so it should trade less expensive than businesses that aren't as cyclical. At $114, it's trading at a little less than 10 times next year's earnings estimates, and you get that 3% dividend while you own it. So I think it's cheap enough to start nibbling here at 114. That's about all we have time for today. We'll be back next week. And until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow them. 
You've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.